Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. All right, the Indiana Hoosiers get a win against Merrimack. Good for the Hoosiers. Discussing the good, the bad, the ugly of that win in an instant postgame. The great Ryan Sterling, progeny, offspring, uh, chip off the old block. There you go. You, what are you going to do? Ryan, what would you think? Uh, I mean, not overly impressive, but, I mean, you, you play a team like Merrimack, you expect to win by 30-plus, and that's exactly what happened. A little sloppy at times, but... You know, they came off a, a tough loss at Wisconsin, so, you know, get a win. You get a win, but they got to take better care of the basketball, and they've got to defend with better sense, and they just look like a team, and, and you can talk about this because you went to basketball trainers for a long time and really, really good ones who work on one-on-one skill level, and it looks like the Indiana guys are really good at that, but not so good at kind of coming together to play as five against a 2-3 zone. No, that's true, and, and I think and we saw it and we talked about it. I think they, go through, they went through the motions uh, against the 2-3 zone. Uh, you see guys moving across, getting into the middle. Uh, ball moves. Guys are just kind of walking up. That's not how you, you flash to the middle against a 2-3 zone. You wait, you time it, you try to get things working so that you get lost a little bit. Those guys don't do that. I don't know if it's just because they don't play against it a lot or enough, but it, there's there's some timing issues there, and you see the same thing in man-to-man offense as well. How big a deal is that? As you go through recruiting, you you go out and you look for guys who, from a talent level, really kind of stun you and 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 make you really really happy that you can get that kid. Hey, he's a five-star kid. Look at that. Look at the talent level as he plays against bad basketball teams. How do you see a guy who is going to be able to function competitively? against a Big Ten opponent as, as a member of a team, like up here and, and in here, rather than just, you know, brawn and athleticism? I, you, just, you just watch. I mean, there's really nothing that is special about seeing it. I mean, anyone who sits down and watches basketball who knows uh, an inkling about it can understand when someone goes out there and can compete at a high level and can compete within a team framework. Uh, and any other, there's a little bit of some of the guys, you know, maybe there's a fracture here and there. When IU plays, you saw against Wisconsin for, for 20 minutes, you saw really good basketball, uh, again, occasional bad passes, 
you know, guys trying to do a little bit too much, but you saw it for 20 minutes, and then you saw a team in Wisconsin flip the switch and get a little aggressive uh, defensively and take some things away, and they just didn't have an answer, and they split immediately. And, you know, you got to be able to do it through some adversity. It's easy to do it against Merrimack. It's easy to do it against some of these teams you've been playing. Harder to do it against Big Ten competition and, you know, going to Syracuse and doing it like that. Is that correctable? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, and I think it's you got to pound home when you lose a game like that at Wisconsin. I think, and I hope, there was a lot of playing of that, that first 20 minutes of this is exactly how we want you guys to play rather than showing people how you shouldn't do things. I think you really have to highlight those those points where this guy's played really well. The offense was on point. The pick and rolls guys were hitting people as they were rolling in perfect timing. You know, you got Parker Stewart open threes, and that's how you kind of got to get these guys going a little bit and get these guys a little bit more confident in how they're playing against high-level competition. Let me ask you about this. This is interesting to me because your experience at Loyola of Chicago, I think, is relevant to this. You guys recruited a kid who had played like everywhere else. And was very, very talented. I won't mention him by name because why crap on the kid? You know, but there was a problem there. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like Xavier Johnson for Indiana, who when the switch flipped for Wisconsin and there was adversity, all of a sudden he went haywire and, and really did some things in the second half that were deleterious to the Hoosiers and their hopes to win that game. Okay, uh, a guy like that, because Xavier Johnson left Pitt, in the middle of the season last year. toward It was in February, but he just walked away. When you deal with a guy, as you did in at Loyola, a guy who had left several programs, is there just something missing that is really, really hard to get to in your experience? Is, is, there, is there a reason to suspect that a guy like that is going to be very hard He's going to be hard to coach and hard to get to where he functions as a member of the team? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I, and I think you can teach it, definitely. I think a guy can be brought in and, and shown that. And it's got to be – it can't be really coaches to me. It's got to be guys and players. Um, coaches, I don't, I don't think that really works. I think you got to as, – as a team and, you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, guys who have been there for three, four years – you know, if they can, you know, welcome this guy in with open arms and make him feel a part of it and from the get-go, then I think you can work with a guy like that. Uh, against Wisconsin, I, I, I would probably give more credit to Wisconsin than be upset with Xavier Johnson about some of that stuff. I, I think they, they decided someone's going to beat us on the floor. It's going to be number zero, and it's not going to be 23. It's not going to be 25, and we're not letting Stewart get a shot, and then we're going to make zero beat us, and he couldn't. And that's kind of what happened there the last five, six minutes of that game. How important is it, uh, talking about Wisconsin, that they've got a guy named Brad Davison who's played for like 13 years. He's 35 years old, so he's a grown-ass man uh, trying to compel his teammates to do the right thing. He's not really 35. (laughs) But you got a guy who I'm sure in the locker room at halftime, and maybe even prior to that because they cut that lead from 22 to 17 in the last minute, just over a minute, and that was huge in that game. How important is it to have a guy who's going to stick his foot up the asses of his teammates and say, look, we're either going to play smart or we got a problem? That's except, I mean, it's really important, and, and that's something I don't think Indiana has. You got It hasn't le- had for a long no, time. No, you've got leaders on the floor like Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, two guys who seem to enjoy each other and play very well together and are, you know, probably very good teammates and nice guys to be around, but they're not people who are going to jump into you 
at least that I've seen at halftime or you know anything like that during a game. I don't think Indiana has any of those guys. I mean, I think a guy like Davison has earned the ability to do that. Obviously, you know, being a 23-year-old, 24-year-old senior, being there for six years, you earned yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it, it, Indiana historically, to me, has been a team very eager to smile at one another. And that's a good thing. You like being liked, and it's it's fun to like other people, but that doesn't always win basketball games. No, and, and it's honestly, it's the hallmark of being teammates and being friends, you know, out on the floor is that you can jump on a guy, and there's four lines on the court, and as soon as that's over and you walk off, it's done. There's nothing more to say about it. You don't ever have to talk about it again because that's just what happens. You're playing basketball. You're competitors. You get into each other a little bit. I, you can't, I think you talk to anyone who's played high competitive basketball. They've gotten into it with everyone that they've played with, or they should have, and you're really good friends with all those guys. I got into it with everyone I played with at Loyola, and all those guys were in my wedding. So there, there's no, that's just how you got to work, and that's how you do things. And maybe some of that's lost um, on this Indiana team. You know, some of these guys, you bring in new guys, you got to kind of get that together. Is that the biggest piece that's missing? I don't think so. Um, I think you can win basketball games without that. I think that what's missing is an ability to get, and I think Woodson's working on it, get people where they need to be to hit, take the shots they need to take. Uh, Miller Cop hit two corner threes today, I think like right in a row, very close to -to back-to-back. Those are shots he needs to take. Those are shots you need to find him somehow in the course of a game. He needs to find three or four shots like that. Parker Stewart needs to be able to find four or five open threes. You need to be able to get him those looks. They're very good at getting Jackson Davis where he needs to be, good at with Race Thompson. But the other guys on the floor, you need to figure that out a little bit. How big a deal is it that a lot of guys on Indiana came to Indiana because they think, and, and rightly, that it's going to be a good proving ground to go to the league? Uh, you know, that they're thinking next step rather than next game. Does uh, that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Uh, other than Chase Jackson Davis, I don't know who on that team is. is oh, but they that. all think so. Yeah, but Tamar I, Bates thinks he's going to the league. Well, maybe in three years he'd be capable of doing that, but he's nowhere near capable of, of doing that now. And he's going to be, a, he's obviously a very high caliber player, very talented, and he's a guy who, you know, if you work hard enough, you're going to be able to get it done. But uh, yeah, other than Trace Jackson Davis, there's no one on this team currently who, who should look to be getting drafted right now. Maybe. You know, Race Thompson can find a spot on a summer league team and work his way into to being a guy who, you know, gets a few 10-day contracts and works his way into being a, an NBA guy, but I don't see anyone else who's at that level right I now. I look at him, and this is not really a part of any reasonable conversation, but I look at Race Thompson, I think, tight end. He should go to the NFL. He should be the next Mo Ali Cox. I, I mean, I could see that. I, I would love to see those two standing next to each other. Yeah. And, and see, maybe we could see the difference between, between a Mo Ali Cox, even when he graduated college. I remember watching him play at VCU, and it was like, that, that's a grown man who's making other grown men look not, look very small. So, Race, because he's playing basketball against other basketball players, looks like an NFL player. Right. And if he was standing next to other NFL players, he would look like a college basketball player. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's the ceiling for this team, do you think, with Indiana? I think they're, they're, I think they're a tournament team. Uh, I, I think uh, 500 or above in the Big Ten is where you should finish. Um, it's 20 games still, right? Yep. So they, I, I think a, an 11 to 12 win season should be what you're, what you're aiming for. Somewhere in that four to six range, finishing the, in the conference uh, standings. And then... 
once you get in the tournament and you say you get a, a six or a seven seed and, you know, upsets happen, you know, you can, you can make a run. And I think that this team you know, probably wins a game in the tournament. I think they beat a, a 10 or 11 seed and then faces off with a team that that's going to have problems. What is the difference? Because a lot of people on this channel, they, by the way, hit subscribe, hit like, uh, ring the bell, of course. Um, people on this channel in the comments section, they say, okay, same team, just a different guy coaching. What is the, what's the substantial difference between an Archie Miller coach team and a Mike Woodson coach team? Uh, to be completely honest, I haven't seen a ton of difference. Um, that game against Wisconsin was uh, eerily similar. Very similar, yes. And you've seen some similarities. I think the St. John's game is something you can point to and say, okay, that's a game they probably would have lost last year, and they didn't. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's the one game I think you can point to and say you, you built up a lead, you lost all of the substantial portion of it, and then you kind of kicked it out and – and we're able to finish, and I think that's where you're going to see things. I don't think they come anywhere near beating Syracuse if this is an, a, a team from the team from last year. I, I think they they there's no way they they get anywhere close to that. They should have won that game a couple of times, yeah, and they didn't play great, and they turned the ball over a ton. But I, I see growth from some of the guys, uh, Race Thompson in particular. But how? Does a, a team of college basketball players coached by a guy who's making $3 million a year to coach college basketball not know that to attack a 2-3 zone, you get the ball into the middle? How is that even possible? Because that was the thing that we saw with Archie, and we saw it with Crean. Like they, I remember the Syracuse-Indiana game from the 2013 NCAA tournament. They flashed Cody Zeller to the middle once, scored a bucket, and that was it. That was the only time they did it. How, how is that possible? Well, I think I think I know we're picking an paid, old scab, but no, no. But I think people get paid a lot of money, and they think they have to come up with new novel ways to do things. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you start thinking I'm 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 a you know a Big Ten. I'm coaching at Indiana. I can't just you know flash a guy to the middle and throw a ball in there. You could pay a guy you know a hundred thousand dollars a year to do that. There are I'm high school find, coaches right, who get that. I'm going to find the fancy ways to do things, um, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, just it's do so true. There's there's a reason why it's it's a tried and true way to beat a zone because that's how you beat a zone. So yeah, but I, I mean at least we're seeing that here. Yeah, we're seeing that you know? a lot of that today. Yeah, and, a lot and, of flash and middle. Yeah, not not great. You know, urgency in flashing that middle or getting the ball to it. You know, I saw Xavier Johnson throw a chess pass into the middle that got stolen. Uh, you can't throw a chess pass between two guys and expect a Michael Durr to catch it. That's not going to happen. He's clearly expecting a bounce pass. But, you know, there are some issues that you know, need to be worked out. But at least the the scheme against a 2-3 was, was there. It's just execution needs to be just a tad better. All right, forgetting Indiana for a second specifically, uh, Indiana uh, with a lot of transfers. And the transfer portal has really caused a lot of tumult and chaos within college basketball do you think ultimately it's a good thing? I think it's a good thing for the players. Do you think it's a good thing for the game? Uh, I, to be honest, I, th I think that it's, you should be able to go to college wherever you want to go to college. You should be able to leave and play the next year. I don't think sitting out a year, I don't understand why we're restricting anyone from going anywhere they want for any reason. I, it doesn't make sense to me. If I'm a regular student, I can transfer and go wherever I want. And do but is it good for the game? I, I get that, and I'm a big proponent for the transfer portal and immediate eligibility. 
But for the game, you got guys like Michael Durham, Parker Stewart, and Xavier Johnson trying to fit in with guys who've been recruited and who might be thinking about going to the league. And you got a bunch of people operating uh, with different mindsets. And I don't know, I don't know how that coalesces to become kind of a watchable product for college basketball. If that makes sense. Well, I yeah, I, I see the point. I don't again. I, I don't think you don't it really care. matters. Yeah, I, I don't care. Your priority is so player centric that the the quality of the game pales in comparison, and so why even discuss it? Well, I mean, the other thing you can say is that a guy like Parker Stewart, you know, he's at Tennessee State right before he comes Tennessee to Tennessee Martin. Tennessee Martin before he comes to Indiana, he's a guy who averaged 19 points a game. He clearly can play. It's right. a way for guys who are under-recruited to go play at places where, you know, they probably should have been recruited in the first place. I know I think he went there because of his, his dad, right? His dad passed. Yeah. So um, there's a, a reason for that. But you got guys who can play Big Ten basketball, not playing Big Ten basketball, overlooked, under-recruited. You had a kid like in that. your class in 2007, same thing, Brandon Wood, right, mm-hmm. from Kokomo, yeah. who went to Valpo. And then transferred as a grad eligible kid to Michigan State and really had a good year and I think enjoyed that that experience and that's a grad eligible thing, but that's kind of part and parcel with what you're talking about, right? Yeah, and, and you want good players playing for good basketball teams. You don't want good basketball players playing for teams that you know they're never gonna you're never gonna see them. It, people earn ways up and I think for players I think it's great I think it it should be allowed more often it should be less restricted I think coaches don't like it very much at the lower levels and for obvious reasons you don't want to cultivate a player for three years and then have him leave and you know someone else bear the fruits of all your your work uh helping out that kid but at the end of the day you play basketball it's it's for the players the players get to play right it's it's for them, and you know if guys gel, guys gel. Guys don't gel, they don't. You do that with freshmen coming in just as easily with a transfer coming in. Thank you very much. Very pithy analysis. Listen to the way that young man allocutes. It's a shame that verbal ability skips a generation. My dad was brilliant. Ryan's brilliant, and me. I, I'm just here asking questions. So tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. Uh, go Jaguars! Beat the hell out of the Texas or Titans this afternoon. And go Boilers as they tee it up or tip it off. We don't want to mix metaphors against NC State in Brooklyn. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.